Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. Good morning, youth workers. Glad to be with you. It may not be morning where you're at. It's morning here in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm sitting here. It's about 5 a.m. and uh, having a cup of coffee and a bagel. And I would say, Paul, why are you up so early? Why? Because this episode's important. It's important to you because it's about looking at your youth ministry from the point of view of a parent. And I have a special guest today. Her name is Jennifer Uren, and she's going to be breaking down from a parent's point of view how youth workers can better look at their youth ministry, which, by the way, cures up, you know, all kinds of chaos. Uh, you know, if you're if you're dealing with parents, if you, if you don't have a very good relationship with your parents, if you, if you don't have a good parent ministry, this may help you get there uh, to where you can do most of your effort into programming and building relationships instead of putting out fires. So we're going to jump into that in just a second. But before we do, I want to tell you that it is still... 2020 it's right we're right here at the beginning it's not too late you can if you have not gotten a handle on your calendar if you've not gotten a handle on planning if you've not gotten a handle on you know getting your events planned all that kind of good stuff you can get it together right now if you will check out my youth ministry playbook my youth ministry playbook is not a planner it's a playbook a planner requires that you put all your plans into it and you it doesn't help you create anything whereas the playbook helps you actually organize uh, and think about things maybe that you haven't been thinking about before it asks key questions it has the calendars it has articles it has worksheets it has all that good stuff in there to help you have your best year in youth ministry that's what the that's why I wrote this so that you could have a fantastic year not worried about all this other stuff, but you're planned, you're organized, you have a vision, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, if you, there'll be a link down in the show notes. I hope that you'll check it out and uh, get your year on track to having the best year in youth ministry you've ever had. Now, today I want to share with you this great interview uh, with Jennifer Uren, and she's going to break down for you parent ministry and how to look at your youth ministry from a parent's perspective. All right, youth workers, today I have a fantastic interview today with um, somebody whom I met uh, through, a, um, uh, through a community uh, where we are, we're learning how to build uh, courses and how to engage and things like this and um, uh, ran along, uh, into this uh, nice, nice lady who took mercy upon me and, uh, and said she would love to talk about a topic that I was uh, really excited about talking about, and that was about parents and youth ministry. And so I want to welcome to the show, Jennifer Uren. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. And uh, and we talked, you said earlier in our conversation earlier, we talked about, you know, being accidental, And I, but I don't think this was accidental. I don't think us meeting one another within that community was accidental because now it's turned into something very real here that we're going to get some great information into the uh, eyes and ears of uh, youth workers. Hmm. Yes, accidental and providential sometimes feel the same. <laughs> yes, they do. Absolutely. And I also want to point out to those that are listening and those that are watching uh, via YouTube is that you are not, I want to make it clear that you are not a uh, one of my parents. You're not nope. a parent of any of the youth ministries or any of the youth groups because that would be biased. 
uh, and I didn't want to be biased. And, and so I want to make sure I got a, a, a really a, uh, an unbiased opinion, really, of, um, of parents and youth ministry. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that, before we get into the, um, the parent-youth worker dynamic, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, maybe, you know, how many, how many kids you have and your family. And uh, I'm sure that uh, people listening and watching would like to know this. Sure. Well, um, I, my husband and I live in the Chicagoland area, the northern suburbs, and uh, we have five kids. Our oldest is 19 and a freshman in college. And then we have a uh, son who is almost 17, is a junior in high school, and he's starting to be dual enrolled at the community college. So we're straddling worlds with him. We have a uh, sixth grader, um, middle school, who just started youth group. And then we have a, a four-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. So we have many, many years of youth ministry ahead of us still. <laughs> That is a wide gap. That is a wide range of uh, children and ages. And yes, like you said, you have experienced and have yet to experience the youth ministry spectrum of having all these kids, you know, go through or be a part or start or graduate from or any of those things. And so I think you, you become a, a great voice uh, for both the parenting community and also the youth ministry community. Uh, let me ask you this question. Have you, uh, tell me a little bit about maybe about your, your, your youth group. Did you grow up in a youth group? Did you, did you have a youth pastor and all that? Well, kind, kind of. I grew up, my dad was a pastor and I was uh, one of those fortunate kids where we didn't move around. We were in the same church for 13 years. So I watched, um, I watched the youth group. I was so excited to be part of the youth group. Um, and, uh, and we had um, junior high, so you couldn't start youth group till seventh grade. We didn't have middle school. And so when I started youth group in about seventh grade, within a year of my starting, the vast majority of the students and their families moved on to other churches. So we were left with four or five of us at most. And so we didn't have a youth pastor. We had a volunteer worker. And we did some things, but it wasn't what I observed growing up. And so we found most of the time as the youth group, we were either helping run the kids ministry or we were tagging along with the college and career age, which we did not belong there. <laughs> and um, so it was, it, was not, it was not your typical youth group experience. Uh, and I, I think that is such a, a great story in the sense that I think it's so relatable to a lot of our listeners and viewers um, because a lot of the churches that I serve are smaller. Uh, they are truncated a lot of times because they have to have seventh graders, uh, older high school, some college age, maybe 10 to 15 students. Uh, and so you have that, that perspective. Um, and I think too, youth workers, uh, this is a tip here that I just kind of thought about was think about this when you're talking to parents, ask them what their youth group experience was like. Because I think if you hear that, you're gonna, they have an, some parents already have an idea in their brain of maybe what a youth group looks like. So if you're having conflict, maybe talk to them about their youth group experience as Jennifer has just uh, shared here, because I think that tells me a lot um, of what she was used to or what she grew up in and maybe what her hopes are for, uh, her daughter, have you ever, Jennifer, have you ever served on a, on a youth ministry team as you grew up and as you uh, 
uh, or even in your in your dad's church, did you ever yeah. serve as a volunteer or anything? Not like that? not with the youth ministry directly. I um I did a lot with the younger kids. When I my first job out of college, I worked for a mission agency where I planned trips for youth pastors to take their their youth groups overseas. So I worked with high school and college age trips that way, but not directly. I, I've never been a um a youth volunteer, and my daughter had not wanted me to be. She because we had such a small youth group she didn't want me to be part of it so <laughs> so we didn't do that well let me tell you what let me just stop there for a moment because that's an extra bonus here what do you say to youth workers who have parents who want to be a part but kids don't want them to be a part yeah what what do you suggest to them in that because uh, you obviously honored your yes your child's request yes. some parents may not do that but what do you what do you suggest uh you how does first of all to parents at, yes. to address the parents and then say how would you help a youth worker address that to a parent who wants to be a part when their child does not want them to be a part yeah well i think i think you have to have a lot of discretion um as to whether you move forward with a parent being involved or not or as a parent whether you do um, and I think it's partially dependent on the size of the youth ministry. My mother-in-law was involved in my brother-in-law's youth ministry as a, a leader to girls, but there were like 150 kids, so she didn't see him. Yeah. So that that's different. Because um, having your mom or dad there could be a hindrance. Um, but I think parents can do a lot. They can donate things. They can pick up pizza. They can offer to be drivers. They can be administrative support and so on. But I think the important thing is that there needs to be the freedom to ask for or offer help, but there also has to be the freedom to accept it or decline it. It, it shouldn't be mandatory of, of either thing, expected or, or you know, be a put off. If, if help is offered and the youth pastor says thank you, but that's not needed, great. I think that's, that's the important thing. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point too, because you don't want your mom or your dad leading the small group discussion in February on sex and dating. <laughs> Correct. That, that's going to be a little awkward. Nor do mom or dad want to do that with their child. <laughs> not in a group setting anyway. No. <laughs> Certainly not in a group setting. Um, as you think back and, and just going back to your youth group experience, can, what can you tell me about the youth, uh, the, the, although you didn't have a youth pastor, tell me about a little bit about your youth leader and maybe how you saw them. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw them deal with parents or, or things like that or things you might remember, but uh, yeah, give us some insight into, into your youth leader. Yeah, we, um, I never really saw them interact with parents. Probably half of our kids came to church without their parents. And so they were from um, unchurched families. And so I never saw that side of it because I just didn't see the parents. Um, they did work really hard when there were like district um, or denominational events. We would go with another youth group, team up with them. So we didn't, we didn't miss out. We got to participate, but we didn't know the kids or the leaders. So there weren't relationships there. And um, so that's, that's probably one thing I think I missed in my youth group growing up. And one of the things that I think is so important is the relationship so the size doesn't matter as much as the connection does right and that's such a also a great point because because so many youth pastors you know depending on you know size of their youth ministry things that it changes right if you have a 150 kids you have a one kind of relationship with it's hard to manage all the parent relationships 
or if you have a small youth group where you have, you know, only a dozen parents maybe to deal with, then that's, that's a whole other thing as well. Yeah. Um, so, and we talked about how we were going to ask this question about where you're at too. Or, and I thought maybe I'll, I'll rephrase it this way. We talked about, you know, your relationship with whether your kids are in, are you, in, how many kids do you have in youth group right now? At the moment, I have two kids in youth group. Two kids in youth group right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if your youth pastor will hear this or not, uh, but how would you define right now the youth group experience for your kids and how that's, how that's working for them? And how yeah. are you engaging with your youth pastor? Yeah. Well, I'm going to actually back up a little and just with the older kids, my daughter, you know, historically, um, our kids' youth pastors have been our peers. They've been the same age as my husband and I. We've been friends. We've done things socially outside of youth group and church. Um, but that has shifted, and it's shifting for a couple of reasons. And one is that um, our current youth pastor, who's actually an associate pastor with youth responsibility, is a fresh seminary grad, and I, I could be his mother. I'm old enough to be his mother. So I'm younger a peer. <laughs> yeah. um, the other is that our high school age son, he actually switched youth groups a couple years ago to a different church involved. And so while I've had conversation with that youth pastor, and I really respect him and like him, I don't have a relationship with him per se. So, so that's different. And then the addition of these littles to our family, which was completely unexpected, has meant that I can't engage the way, you know, with, with my daughter now and my son, the way I could with my older daughter, because I could, I could go to things, I could drop everything, I could be available. And now I have to, I have childcare and I have other things. So I'm just, I'm not as engaged as I used to be. And you, you have younger kids, which I think you had said earlier in our conversation that, um, or before we got, got online here, is that you, these are adoptive, yes? Correct. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah. a big fan. I'm a big fan of adoption. I just want to say that because I myself am adopted, oh. as is my wife. Oh, neat. So both of us, uh, kudos to you for adopting. Um, well, thank you. We, we, think that's, uh, we think that's pretty special. Um, you had mentioned also, before we got on the air, about your, your daughter having, your, old, your older daughter having a significant experience and connection with their youth pastor or youth worker or youth leader in, in the ministry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, our oldest daughter, um, we had a youth leader who, um, she was phenomenal. She was a volunteer. And when she saw the girls who were in fifth grade that would be coming up into the youth group, she began developing relationship with those girls and their moms. She had a knitting class with the girls and their moms. So we were doing things together and she was getting to know us. And then as they transitioned into youth group, she began to do things one-on-one -on -one with the girls. So we've established a relationship as mom with her and the girls have established a relationship. And she did some things in groups and some things one-on-one. -on -one. But what I really appreciated was it was, um, it was a relationship my daughter felt safe in and it was a relationship I felt safe having her in. And the understanding was whatever she shared with this gal was in confidence unless it was something that she felt I needed to be aware of that would be of a concern. And even then she wouldn't give me details, she might speak in generalities. So when, when my daughter and I were having a hard time communicating through some of those tough teenage years, I was able to say, 
have you spoken to so-and-so and what did she say? And she had that freedom and that place to go when it was too tough to talk to me. And I felt completely um, confident in what she would say because it wasn't undermining me. It wasn't behind my back. It was, it was parallel to me as a parent. Uh, that is so critical uh, because youth workers, whether you're, uh, you know, uh, you, a lot of youth workers may or may not be good. Like you said, you have a, uh, you know, a, a younger youth pastor who is no longer your peer. They are not younger youth pastors. I speak from experience are not always the best at relationship building upward, maybe as with an older, um, you know, with parents that are, you know, older than them, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, trying to find those connection points. And if you're not good youth pastors, if you're the lead you know, youth pastor, empower your volunteers, just like this young lady did. Empower your volunteers then to build those relationships, to, to do things that are relational. There's a lot of youth pastors that are not relational. They're really good at preaching. They're really good at organizing. They're really good at uh, theology, but they're not necessarily good at relationships. They're, they're good at running the ministry. But they forget that there's what makes the ministry run are parents. You know, kids don't get there unless they drive, uh, unless their parents bring them. They're kind of the, you know, the vehicle, literally the vehicle by which you have children in your youth ministry. And the fact that you said that this, this young lady, you know, created opportunities and youth pastors, you can do the same thing. You can have a club. You can have a, a thing with a, a kid, a, a mom daughter thing or a father son thing whether that's mm -hmm. fishing or knitting or something that you know making your events family friendly almost where you say look we're going bowling let's have a family bowling night not just a youth bowling night mm -hmm. you know uh but i think that goes i think we're leading right into the next question which really we're talking about parent ministry mm -hmm. uh and how uh youth workers how youth workers can build a good parent ministry with parents and how parents can create a good parent ministry through their own initiative. So let's start with the youth pastor and let's talk about uh, how, what you, how you can define what good parent ministry is or what you're looking for sure. from the youth pastor, whoever leads your, your children. How would you then describe a good parent ministry? Well, just like our kids are going through their teen years for the first time and experiencing these things for the first time, we're often parenting a child through those things for the first time as well. And so just because we have age on our side and experience in other things doesn't mean that we have the experience of doing this with our kids. So I think that um, that is what good parent ministry is. It, it's... Um, for example, maybe offering during Sunday school hours or a special parent meeting discussing, you know, hey, here's a book I would really recommend that you read. It's what we've read and what we're basing this curriculum off of. Um, here's some resources. Um, when it's a conversation and when it's, it's informative, it's full of resource and it's saying we're coming alongside each other, I think that's the important, the important thing. A lot of times though, I think, <laughs> Um, youth pastors think they have to be the expert, and so then they step into being experts on things they know nothing about. And I, I remember one time when <laughs> a newlywed uh, 
children's ministry. It wasn't a youth worker, but it was in children's ministry. She was newlywed. She had no children and she held a parenting class. And I sat there (laughs) really going, okay, this could have been done so differently. So I think that's the thing. You don't have to be an expert. You just need to be a support and come alongside. Well, I think that's great advice. Number one, if you're a youth pastor with no teenagers, (laughs) maybe don't have a parenting class. Maybe you want to have a culture class, maybe to help parents navigate culture, but not necessarily telling parents how to raise their children before you, in fact, either A, have children or B, have teenagers. Once again, these are things, these are traps that I fell into that I thought I had to be the authority to gain respect, right, from the parents. I had to be the authority on how to disciple your kids and how to do these things. And I was the victim of that. So I'm not, listen, youth workers, I'm not calling you out. I'm just telling you what I went through. It's okay to take the humble route and ask questions like, hey, you know, parents, what's, what's going on with your kids? What can, what can I help with? Or what can I, um, you know, how can I serve you? Uh, versus uh, let me tell you all about how to run your house or, you know, uh, any of those things. Now, it, parenting ministry, parent ministry is a two-way street, I would say, yeah. um, because not only do the youth workers have to engage, we, we once you say it, putting out information, that's so critical. Make sure you have a calendar on time. Don't tell parents about the event the night before. Right. Don't, don't, you know, don't do those things. That's just, you're sabotaging yourself at that point. You know, give information about what is the lesson about what what can i what can i you know send home a little uh family fences here's some devotion you can have at home things like that um but the other side of that is parents who i would say you're the alpha parent okay you are the highly engaged you care about the ministry because you have perspective your dad being a pastor you understand all this so you are in a different class of parent i think than what I would describe as the uh, the parent who is is what time does the event start? When is it? What time does it start? And what time do I need to pick them up? Mm-hmm. You know, those that's a different that's a that's a different category of parent. How would you encourage then parent ministry on this side? How do you encourage parents to come alongside the youth pastor? Because I know every parent the most important child in that room is their right. child. It's, it doesn't matter what your other issues are. What's in it for my kid? Yeah. How do we then go from what's in it for my kid? And by the way, youth pastors, you should take care of every child. Every child is important and precious. And please tell parents that they are, that their child is the most precious child in the youth group. But how, how can a uh, parent go past the calendar or the time or the events or the running the kids around and take another little step further to become more supportive in a parent ministry within the context of the youth ministry. Yeah. Well, the first thing I was going to say was remember yours is not the only child there (laughs) because it's very easy to look at our world just from, you know, how does it impact our schedule, our logistics, you know, those things. Um, so I'd say, I'd say also ask a lot of questions, you know, get to know what, you know, what is the communication style of the youth pastor is, you know, is his one word answer to your text because 
that's how he answers or because you texted him at the wrong time of day, you know, ask some of these questions. What's the best thing to do? And I think the thing that we often forget to ask too is how can we pray for our youth pastors? Because they are, um, they're not the pastor, so they don't get the limelight and they get some of the hardest congregants <laughs> and they don't get good job recognition or, you know, thanks or gratitude or any of that. And so I think sometimes they can go home at the end of the day feeling the most discouraged when they actually have probably the ripest ministry opportunity of anybody in the church. And so I think, I think asking how we can pray, but I would also say youth pastors, don't be afraid to say, Hey, I need some people praying for me. Would you like to be on a list? And I'll send out, you know, two or three things a month or whatever it is. Yeah. To pray, not only, you know, and once again, youth pastors, you don't have to be like super personal, like, you know, uh, about your life, about prayer, but certainly prayer things for the youth ministry itself, you know, an mm -hmm. event coming up. Would you be in prayer that, you know, kids will come to know Christ or the retreat we're going on, pray that, you know, we're able to get more, uh, more students to be able to come or, you know, whatever that is. Uh, and that requires, Jennifer, you, it's, it's such a good thing, but you have to have some vulnerability, youth workers, because listen, you are under, and I understand, we are middle management. We are between the literal rock and a hard plate someday. <laughs> we cannot please the people above us, and we cannot please the people beside us, and we cannot please the people beneath us, you know? Uh, so in those areas, youth workers, you, you have to be vulnerable at some point to say, look, I need your help. I, I would say that that was maybe the best thing uh, I did in regards to parent ministry is simply to say, I need your help. I need, I don't need a task done. I, I need, I, yes, I need something done, but I desperately need you to pray for me. And I, I really need you to just come alongside and be supportive. Um, even if I'm wrong some days, you know, I mean, I mean, help me, encourage me, uh, you know, uh, uh, help me see the error of my ways. Um, especially if you're dealing with a younger youth worker, um, because sometimes they're paid to be the expert. Right. That not only they, they take the role of expert, they're paid right. to be the expert. <laughs> to, so it's okay to say you don't know something. It's okay to say I, I don't have it all together. Um, it's not okay to keep doing the wrong thing over and over again and expecting grace to just live forever amongst parents. Uh, parents have their child in there and they have some expectations, which is where I want to go next. Mm -hmm. Because you, once again, you are, like I said, the alpha parent <laughs> because you have a perspective. You are so told me four areas yeah. of expectations that you have, what you really want your child to get when they go to youth group or when they come out of youth ministry. Would you share those four things? I think they're so insightful. And youth pastors, if you're not taking notes, if you're not writing this down, I don't know what you're doing. You should be, <laughs> you should be marking this down right now because you have some Jennifers as parents who are looking and saying, I want something from your youth ministry. This is what I'm expecting. If you've not asked the question yet, you probably need to ask the question. What are your expectations? So Jennifer, share with us some of those expectations you have sure. uh, for, for, for youth ministry and your youth pastors. Sure. So the first thing is um, I'm really looking for my student to be engaged and excited about their faith. I'm not looking for them to be entertained. It can be fun but I just want to 
make that distinction because I think a lot of the youth groups I see are going for the flash and the pizzazz and it's exciting, but it's temporal. It's, it's, it was what was great. And I want to see consistent engagement and excitement about going because they're growing in their faith. The second thing is I want to see discipleship and accountability. I want, um, I want to know if they miss and they didn't tell them I'm going to be out of town. Somebody's going to say, Hey, why weren't you there? What's going on? You know, are you, are you reading your Bible? Are you looking these things up? Are you, are you doing these things? Um, the third thing I'm looking for, and this is a little more from the behind the scenes of the program, but I'm looking to see, is there intentionality behind what is done? Are there theological concepts and ideas, topics that are being touched on on purpose? Or is it just sort of the flavor of the month? Um, what's the mission's exposure? You know, is there a plan to be local and then international? Is there a, um, a process or is it just, oh, this happened to be a good opportunity, so we took it? And then what is being done to teach them how to share their faith with their friends? Um, that's kind of all part of that intentionality. What is, what is the goal? When they walk out that door as a high school graduate, what, was, what were we hoping would happen? And then the last area is um, in community and relationship. And so depending on the size of the youth group, this can look very different. It might be very intentional small groups. It might be the group as a whole. But that, that sense of safety, that sense of um, being able to be vulnerable and honest, um, maybe not too much information inappropriate, but to have that, that, that ability to say, you know, I'm struggling. Um, you know, my, my son has faced some things truthfully that I never imagined we would face. Friends with, um, you know, gender identity challenges and things, challenges because of technology that if you had told me 15 years ago, you know, when he was a little baby that I'd be dealing with this with him, I would have thought you were nuts. So a place where he can be vulnerable and honest and ask questions. So those, those are kind of the four big things that, that, you know, my husband and I are looking for in a solid youth ministry. Well, and youth workers, by the way, I would take this and I would write down everything she just said, and then I would give it to your parents and say, here's what you can expect of me. And then you run your program accordingly, right? I mean, come up with a, come up with that promise, right? Uh, I have a, I have a, uh, you know, uh, 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 an article that I wrote uh, on the three big promises you should make your youth ministry. That should be one of them. You should make a promise to your parents that says, hey, uh, here's what you can really expect from me as a youth worker and us as a youth ministry. Hmm. And, you know, gather that information, uh, you know, uh, do a poll, do some of those, ask for expectations, you know, don't shirk them. Don't say, let me just run the program. Really, if you're engaging with parents, uh, you're finding out what, and once again, all these expectations may be different <laughs> because right. it's their child. Uh, but try to come across with a consensus of these things, which Jennifer just said, uh, are, are across the board. I don't know any parents who don't want intentionality, don't want their children to learn how to share their faith, uh, don't, don't want openness and, and trying to help navigate cultural issues. And, and those are such great things that you can put out there before uh, those parents. Now, we, we have here, uh, Jennifer, I asked uh, our YouTube audience here, for some questions. I want to ask you those before we get to our last question. Um, one of them, one of the questions was really long and we talked about this, 
because it won't necessarily fit on the, uh, you know, if I put this on the screen, which is probably on the screen right now, but really is, and I, my guess is a parent was asking this um, uh, from, from J-M-C-K-A-S-Y-R-U, J-M-Jamaxu, I'll, I'll go there, Jamaxu <laughs> asks, literally asking, what recommendations do you have for a parent because uh, on discipling their own kids? Because I know that a lot of times youth group can be a surrogate parent and say, look, youth group's going to teach them all this stuff. I don't have to do very much. You know, that's why I send them to church. <laughs> that's why I'm, I am, uh, uh, you know, uh, offloading my responsibility for discipleship to the church or the youth group versus I taking some responsibility uh, for doing that for my child as well. What are some recommendations? Because I sense in the question um, that they they would like their child or any child to be fully committed uh, to love the Lord and to be able to turn away from worldly things. What can a parent do from a discipleship perspective? What does that mean then to do that within your own home? Sure. So th that's an interesting question for me because coming from a pastor's home, <clears throat> you would think that I experienced things in a, in a certain way. There's a lot of assumptions made. And as I was transitioning into college, it dawned on me, I knew my parents did personal devotions, but I'd never seen them do it. I didn't know where and when it took place because it was something they did, not in secret, but in private. And so, um, so I have struggled with how do I model this for my kids because I, I just knew it happened. I didn't see it executed. So then I, I married my husband and my mother-in-law does her devotions in their loft every morning, quietly by herself, but visibly. So her kids knew she gets up, she reads her Bible, she prays, and she does it for about this long. And so that, that's one thing I would say is, um, whether you experienced it or not, model it for your kids, whether you do it as family, family things together, or they just observe that you're doing it. Um, because that's, that's a whole lot easier to emulate something you see modeled than it is to figure out how to do it on your own. And then I would say the other aspect of that discipleship is, is the working through things. Um, I am a, um, a reluctant homeschooler. We've been doing it for eight years. I never wanted to, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> and um, one of the things that has been precious has been going through studies with my kids, uh, very intentional studies. And while we're doing that as homeschoolers, because it's part of our, you know, quote unquote, Bible requirement, anybody could do that. There's some fantastic studies that you can work through. There's a series that we've stumbled on where this gentleman has actually written a study for each year of, of school, I think starting in, in sixth grade. And so we worked through the sophomore year one together when our kids were sophomores and it was fantastic. Um, and then don't go it alone. So whether it's, it's um, teaming up with other moms um, or, or finding somebody like this youth worker that came alongside my daughter, we, we have a mom at our church who has um she's doing a thing with the girls with our, our middle child they get together a couple times a month for sisterhood and they've worked through a book on purity and they've worked on a book on um things that to expect when you know as you transition into middle school and so they're doing it together with their friends 
and it's been a safe environment. And we can take turns as moms doing those types of things. So I, I think there's a lot of ways you can integrate it in. Um, but I think the key thing is understanding your child's personality and your personality. So don't do a word study if neither of you like to do that. Maybe get a video series instead, you know. So I think that's, that's the important part is to do it. Doesn't matter how, just do it. Yes, and, and so good, so good. Uh, because parents are not, I think parents struggle with, you know, having conversations maybe about, it, uh, you know, the two perspectives are that the parent does nothing or the parent tries to do everything. The yeah. parent says, we're going to talk about Jesus all the time. Right. <laughs> every moment of the day so that I can, you know, rally you, rally my child's faith. And I think that, like you said, there are times and moments where you can have these separate times and have these, uh, whether they're devotional times, uh, or just conversations, you know, asking good questions about the music your child listens to. Like, what do you like about that song? What is it about that that you like so much? Or what is it you like about that artist? And make them honest questions, not gotcha questions. Not like, ah, I yes. got you now. That's so sinful and you're a terrible person. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to beat that out of you. Uh, yes. You know, uh, and having those conversations, I think that's so, so important to keep it Keep it simple, uh, but like you said, model it. So many young people that their only model they have is the youth pastor sometimes because they've been on a missions trip with them. They've been, they've seen them do it in action. They've seen him or her share their faith. Uh, and parents, listen, if you want your child to do it, they have to have a model to do it. They have to see it done in the wild. They have to have, otherwise it's just theory. It's just something, it's just a good idea until they actually see uh, and every parent should be their kid's hero, right? I saw my mom or dad do this. Yeah. Uh, that's why I do this thing, you know? Uh, and of course, there's special situations where a youth pastor comes along and fills certain gaps and roles, maybe in homes that don't have dads or things like that. So there are special conditions like that. Uh, another question I have from Seth Lewis from Texas says, what is the biggest struggle that you deal with as a parent raising a teenager? I think it's communication. Um, and it's, it's because, um, well, my son will ask a question and I'll say, what's your real question? Because <laughs> he gives me some information, but not all the information. And he, he's leading me into a trap intentionally or not. So, yes. so it's this communication. And then vice versa, I'll ask him questions and I get one word answers or he's not interested in talking to me because he thinks I have an agenda. Um, but, but really at the heart of the communication I've discovered is tone and I can interpret his tone one way. He thinks it was communicated another and vice versa. You know, I am mad more than I ever realized I was mad because my kids are like, wow, you're so mad. I'm like, I didn't know that. Um, but at the same time, um, I had read somewhere that uh, that teenagers don't know what tone they're conveying. And so to not, as a parent, read into their tone and assume that it is communicating, to listen to their words, to ask more questions, to not jump to conclusions, but communication is by far the hardest thing, especially because they're so much more used to texting and not talking. So and I think- emojis. Yes, yes. And gifts. And, gifts. and, and memes and all of it. Yes. We're talking that. We don't even, there's no, we don't need words. Right. 
right? Words so, overrated. Yeah, I think communi effective communication is the hardest thing. Wow, and I would I would agree. And even as they get older, they, yeah. and, and it's still a challenge for like your children to like text. Why don't you text me back? Yeah. Why, I need to hear from you. Are you still alive, or where are you at? Right. What are you doing? Okay. So, Jennifer, we have had, I think, a phenomenal conversation here about parents, parents' ministry, how to build relationships, how to come across from a, from a youth pastor's point of view to engage, not to be fearful, not to have to be the expert, but also from the point where parents, we need parents to engage. We need parents to step up and say, hey, you know, I, I want to care about what you're doing because this is our youth and this is our, you know, the future and the next generation, all those things. But I have a feeling that there are youth pastors listening right now, and they are dealing with that parent. Yeah. That parent. Now, you can define that parent. However you want. Youth <laughs> that parent could be anything. Whatever your, whatever your that parent is, how would you encourage a youth pastor to work with that parent? That could be yeah. the helicopter parent. It could be the overbearing parent. It could be yep. the do it my way parent. It could be the, I'm taking my kid out of youth group if you don't change things parent. Yeah. How do you encourage a youth worker, youth pastor to engage with that? Parent? Sure. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna back up a little bit and say, you know, three years ago, we unexpectedly adopted these babies and they were pulled from the homes that they knew and where they felt safe and they were in our house. And they, they didn't know, they weren't old enough to understand that those were temporary homes and we're a permanent home. It just, it changed their world. And it was a hard transition. And so along the way, we had to learn a lot about their experience, trauma, connection, relationship, building trust. And um, one of the things we learned is that all behavior, regardless of age, is communication. And so we had to figure out what was being communicated so that we could respond to that need. And the frustrating thing was that sometimes they would throw their food and they were hungry. And you're like, well, just eat it, you know, <laughs> why? But once we could focus on kind of, you know, connecting with our kids so they could be calm and engaging, then we could, we could solve the problem. And I think the same principle applies to that parent. Um, so before confronting a parent, try to connect with them ask them questions, have ca casual conversations, learn their story, because you might discover, and this, this actually was a situation my dad dealt with on early as a pastor, uh, I was really small, but maybe their husband was the youth pastor who had an affair with a student and left her. Mm. And you don't know their perspective that, that they're coming from. Um, and so there's a general mistrust of you as a youth pastor. Um, that's extreme, but it could be an unsupportive spouse. It could be stress at work. It could be a hard upbringing. It could be a language barrier and a, a lost in translation culturally with something. So figure out what it is. And then once you have that better understanding, then you can effectively work towards correcting things in a way that builds that relationship. Um, and then they probably will no longer be that parent. Um, and it might be as simple as tweaking communication, moving it from email to texting so that it's not lost in the, in, in the whole list of emails, but they see it. Or it might be understanding that because of a previous loss, even though you don't want parents on premises, they need to be present so they know their child's safe. It might require exceptions. Um, it might mean that, um, you know, their kid's not communicating with them. And so they're asking 
asking you questions because you are the you're the lifeline between them and their child right now. But once you've, you know, once you've connected and you've corrected this, then, you know, be consistent. And if you promise to do something, do it. And if you set a boundary, keep it. The, the whole, this whole episode, Jennifer is worth that right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just uh, uh, the, the best practices. You just summed up the best practice for dealing with that parent is to know their story, to know where they come from. So many times we're trying to defend ourselves as youth workers, we def- we're trying to defend ourselves. It's like the, the blows are furious, like, ha, ha, hey. And we're like, okay, so rather than go and, and fight this battle, dig a little deeper, dig a little deeper. And I, I love to, you know, having, I always had an open door policy where if a parent wanted to come in and sit in on a session, we invited them. We said, please come. Come, come watch what we're doing. You know, youth pastors, let me encourage you. A parent's not going to mess up your program by sitting in the program. Uh, you know, but if you invite them, if, you know, if you're trying to keep them out, then that tells parents you're trying to hide something. Right. <laughs> uh, you don't want to hide something. So you want to be open and say, look, why don't you come for a night and just kind of see what we're doing? You know, you don't have to participate. In fact, you know, we'd, we'd rather you not. Uh, we'd rather you just come in and observe of what we're doing. And then, of course, feedback is always welcome please let me know how I can better serve your child and what we can do. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been a tremendous uh, episode here where I could see youth pastors uh, and parents re-listening to this and playing it for their staff and playing it for other people and saying, you've got to listen to this episode about parents and, and, good parent ministry and parents youth ministry from a parent's perspective how can because i know you have some other things as a mom you're doing some things some cool stuff um where can where can youth workers uh either ask more questions or find maybe a resource or two with something i know that you uh have something planned for our listeners today and they can they can get why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah well i'm um i'm a blogger at uh, moremommymoments.com is my blog that's also my Instagram if you want to connect that way. Uh, but if you go to moremommymoments.com slash 10ways, 10-W-A-Y-S, then um, I'll have a resource that I'll email you on 10 ways to build connections between uh, families and uh, youth ministry workers. That resource, youth workers, if you're not getting that right now, uh, there's no hope. I can't help you. You're just, you don't want help. You just go get it and download it and then give it to your leaders and, and, you know, work with parents and phenomenal. And so, yes, all of these, by the way, youth workers, these, uh, all of her connections and everything else will be down in the show notes or down in the description there on YouTube. Uh, And so Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on here and sharing a parent's perspective of youth ministry uh, so concisely, so passionately uh, that, uh, that youth workers can hear it. Uh, without without it being yelled at them sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes all they hear is yelling and noise yeah. and their phone blowing up and you have put it you've put this such in such a great context where youth workers can really hear what a parent is saying well my pleasure thanks for having me and that is it ladies and gentlemen that is the ball game if you did not take notes during this go back and listen to it again share it with your staff and start making a promise to your parents about how you're gonna work with their kids 
and work with them to create an awesome parent ministry. So, but that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, by the way, uh, I would love for you to go by iTunes and, you know, give it a few stars, maybe leave a review. Uh, So if this is beneficial to you, uh, go ahead and review it so that other people can find this podcast and it can be a benefit to them as well. So all the links are in the show notes for all the things. So check it out there and I will catch you guys in the next episode.